Class, your regular teacher is out today. I'm going to be your substitute teacher, and my name is... None of your business. are the same, no matter time nor place. They don't understand that us kids are going to make some mistakes. So to you, all the kids all across the land, there's no need to argue. Parents just don't understand. (laughs) (laughs) These words, written by the illustrious DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, have taken root in the hearts of so many kids and teens through the ages, but they have never reigned truer than for a specific genre of adolescent. I'm talking, of course, about children in movies where they befriend misunderstood critters and go on high-concept adventures to save them from authority figures. Yes, despite not having a cohesive genre name, it is a trope that dates back to E.T. the Extraterrestrial and Beyond, where a misunderstood, often lonely child, bonus points if orphan, befriends a mostly non-communicative beast, and in doing so, finds the one creature who can understand them, even if technically they can't understand each other. Though consisting of countless movies, the genre is usually split into three subcategories. Child, uh, who am I kidding? It's usually a boy. There are a handful of movies where the protagonist is a girl, but overwhelmingly, this is a genre for boys and their beasts. (laughs) Anyway, three subcategories. One, boy meets animal companion. You've got your free willies, your shilohs, your lassies, etc. Boy meets alien. The definitive classics, E.T., The Iron Giant, Mac and Me. And then, most baffling... (laughs) Boy Meets Bigfoot. (laughs) Today at Video High, we'll be delving deep into this third subcategory with Bigfoot, the unforgettable encounter, which ironically is a title so generic and forgettable, I've had to keep a tab open on IMDb while I write this in order to get it right. (laughs) What bonds us to that mysterious, misunderstood missing link of the Pacific Northwest, and what causes so many fictional children and families to risk everything to protect his livelihood and anonymity? Do kids see a link to their past in this hairy beast? Do they look into their not-quite-emotive rubber mask eyes and see a kid themselves unable to express to the world, i.e. parents, what they truly want out of life? Are Bigfoots and children bonded by the desire to be themselves in a world that chooses not to listen to them and instead cage them up in expectations of society? Well, I'm proud to report that we will probably answer none of these questions today. (laughs) Because our guide into this cinematic Bigfoot adventure is a young boy named Cody, played by Zachary Ty Bryan of Home Improvement fame, who sadly would not reach the level of high-concept children's movie stardom his co-star Jonathan Taylor Thomas would in the 90s. In a departure from the trope, Cody isn't exactly a loner. In fact, he doesn't really have any discernible personality traits whatsoever, but he will nevertheless become bonded to Bigfoot out of guilt, mostly, when Bigfoot does nothing but try to save his life, and in return, he does nothing but get him captured or endangered constantly. (laughs) Nevertheless, their friendship is forged, and in the words of the actual trailer for this movie, No, the only thing that can separate them is one obsessed multimillionaire, 500 hunters, 50 national park rangers, one beautiful scientist, and 10,000 bullets. Sounds like an unforgettable Bigfoot encounter to me. 
I'm gonna miss you. Bigfoot, the unforgettable encounter. So join us today as Video High becomes Cryptozoology 101. Roll call, Casey Regan. I think we will get to the bottom of what about the Bigfoot myth so mystifies the American public. Uh, as long as we have, like is necessary for research, patience, perseverance. <laughs> Greg Hansen. I love that this movie uh, ostensibly is about a young child and spends maybe 10 collective minutes with him. <laughs> So really, it's a movie about a ton of adults who really, for the most part, just talk about whether or not they think Bigfoot is real, and overwhelmingly, they do, and if you don't, you're berated by a millionaire. Berated by a billionaire. Sorry, sorry. Chaz Frederick is a billionaire. billionaire. Please, show some respect. He's a, he's a, a billionaire. Oh! Ooh. I got a bigger laugh than I expected. <laughs> Josh Roth. Is it legal to kill Bigfoot? The ADR in this movie was <laughs> Top everything. Notch. Top notch. Yeah, there were whole lives uh, lived in the ADR <laughs> booth. <laughs> When you're in post, a big discussion is always how many people do we need in loop group because they, they want to cut costs somewhere. So usually it's like, I don't know, can we do like two or three? And that's fine. No, this director was like, I want 20 ADR <laughs> experts in the booth filling out these mobs all the time. Bring me every loop group artist in Los Angeles. All of them. <laughs> Everyone. I love the phrase loop group. Sounds like a very like anodyne name for like an anal bleaching facility. <laughs> I was going to say, I think Jazzy Jeff was a part of the loop group. <laughs> Jamie, I think you actually just coined the genre name, A Boy and His Beast. A Boy and His Beast. You know what? I'll take it. I will own I, it. That's a porno subgenre. <laughs> you don't, no, don't want to go We can't claim you it. You have no idea. Like, I spent most of the time writing this book report Googling different phrases to try and figure out what the name of the subgenre was. I'm like, movie where boy meets companion? Movie where boy meets thing that can't talk but is a monster? No, like no one could give me a definitive genre name. That's crazy considering how many of these There's there are. so many, and they keep, like, it's not even like a genre that died, like, mid-90s after, like, the height of this. There are still at least, like, I don't know, three of these released a year. They keep coming out. What Monster trucks, remember? Monster trucks. trucks, abominable, Earth to Echo. I oh, can Earth keep to Echo. going. I think Boy Meets Beast is a great name for the genre, but I would actually disagree that this falls into that genre. Ooh. I think that the relationship between Cody and Bigfoot, while being central to the like final act of the movie, is actually not what this movie's about. This movie's an ensemble piece. Yeah, P.T. Anderson, I think, wrote the original draft of this. <laughs> this had everyone was supposed to be in it. Well, you know, Willem Dafoe was going to be in it. <laughs> William H. Macy, all the Williams. Well, <laughs> Robert Altman presents... Bigfoot, yeah. the unforgettable <laughs> encounter. Yeah, after Popeye, he just went straight to Harry and the Hendersons. The reason I think it's more an, an ensemble movie than like a Boy Meets Beast movie is because it's really more a movie about us as a society contending with what an attraction to like a beast like Bigfoot would be. Like it, it really explores, and Boy Meets Beast is just an aspect of it. Like we see a lot more relationships with like 
the sort of uh, antiseptic scientific view of something like Bigfoot, the sort of like blood frenzied hunger to find and kill something that is individual. I think it is about like society's relationship to Bigfoot. Also, it's an ensemble movie because this is absolutely the most star-studded movie we've done thus far. (laughs) It has the kid from Home Improvement, the guy from Police Academy 5. It's got Sledgehammer himself. This movie is filled to the brim with how Howard's. Clint Howard. <laughs> Rance Howard. Clint Howard, which we should state up front, is Ron Howard's brother. As is Rance Howard. Wait, they're, they're, they're both? both? Oh, I only went as far as Clint Howard. I didn't even oh, go no. that far. Oh, Rance Howard's Ron Howard's father. What? Oh, no. They did this together and they couldn't even get Ron to come down from the boat for it? <laughs> Yeah, this was a family movie. This is like Joe Estevez and Emilio Estevez doing a movie and Martin yeah. and Charlie being like, nah, yeah. nah, no thanks. Oh, that means Ron was busy shooting Apollo 13. I'm sorry. Oh I'm God. doing the backwards math on this. He was making this and Ron oh. Howard was making Apollo 13. And yet one of them remains to be unforgettable and one of them is Apollo 13. <laughs> Apollo 13. A forgettable encounter. <laughs> Honestly, I would probably watch this movie again before Apollo 13. <laughs> I will say this movie went by quick. It did. There's a lot going on. And sometimes when a movie just like packs it in, it drags because you're like, I don't have any emotional investment to anything happening because it's just too much plot. But I found myself at the end of the movie, I was like, that's it? Was that 70 minutes? It felt really short, but mm-hmm. it wasn't. You know, it was it was like a Clocks in at a cool one hour and 28. Love it. Yeah. That's pretty good. Perfect. Yeah, right in the pocket, baby. So uh, where do we start? With stock footage. Oh, of course. (laughs) Bear with salmon. Bighorn ram. I love that they did like a a crossfade between Clint Howard and the goats. It made me take a moment where I was just like, is this saying that Clint Howard is a goat person and that that is the coming sequel? Ooh, is everyone in this movie a cryptid? That's why he's obsessed with them. I get it. Uh... That's also why he has to wear a (laughs) hairpiece. Yeah, that's why he assists his billionaire boss to killing the Bigfoot because he's trying to throw him off the tracks of his own sort of cryptozoological lineage. If he discovers that I am a goat man, he will surely put me in his exhibit. (laughs) Yeah, we open with stock footage of varying quality. Oh, it is all over the place. I think some of these were probably taken by the native photographer, painter in the woods. Oh, Uh, the Bob Ross of the woods. My favorite character in the entire movie. We cut to a guy who's just painting the, like, woods, and then he sees Bigfoot off far, far in the distance and pulls out his camera to get photo and then pulls out a video camera to get video. And I was so disappointed that he didn't just paint Bigfoot. (laughs) I was so hoping he was going to paint Bigfoot and this would be the evidence that got everyone around. He already has the brush in his hand. Are we talking about Native American character David Heisberg? (laughs) One and the same, baby. Literally a Mel Brooks character from Blazing Saddles. (laughs) He wandered off the set of Blazing Saddles into the forest and never came back. <laughs> they gave him so many like aqua rings and like made him like having like oneness with nature and then they're just like, yeah, David Heisberger. <laughs> yeah. Local artist. Well, oh, oh my God. Wait, is this movie... All right, guys. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> quick, this happened quick. Casey's Conspiracy Corner. 
Casey's Conspiracy Corner. This movie is Mormon propaganda. (laughs) (laughs) The Mormons have long espoused that the Native Americans are the lost tribes of Israel. And I think that (laughs) naming a Native American character David Heisberger is is just, uh, they're seeding it. Wow. It's how they have to explain that, like, Jesus revealed himself to someone in the fucking Midwest. (laughs) I mean, I will say Shaver Lake is awful close to Salt Lake. (laughs) I have no further evidence for this conspiracy. (laughs) Thus ends Casey's Conspiracy Corner. Our first bit of dialogue is a scene amongst a group of drunken. The movie calls them hunters, but it read way more militia members to me. Oh yeah, <laughs> like, I, I, I asked if this. I wrote, "Is this the Oregon militia?" <laughs> so we meet this group of hunters or terrifying militia members. Bigots is the word. Bigots. Yeah, we meet these bigots, and they are having a lovely drunken time. Ribbing each other, throwing knives at doors. And then, yeah, the one of them is Walter, I believe, is sleeping Walter. in a full fucking bandolier full of shotguns. And no, he gets shotguns. <laughs> Just a bandolier <laughs> shitload of shotguns. To be honest, these, guys are, these guys are armed to the teeth in a way that if he had fallen asleep with a bandolier full of shotguns, it wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. So many guns in this movie. 50. Thousand bullets. Nothing oh. says children's movie like guns. <laughs> right. Oh, and then we get that monster cam of uh, supposedly Bigfoot savagely attacking Walter, who just wanted to go pee in the middle of the night. This continues our trend of characters uh, taking a leak and big fights happening around him. Oh, God. That's been in like every movie. Every movie. <laughs> I love that Walter is dragged away and like the, we sort of cut to the next morning and, and all of the hunters slash bigots are really torn up and like really look like haggard, worse for wear. And, and we meet Ranger Nick. The saddest eyes. He has Colin Firth sad eyes and I loved it. <laughs> He's our stoic hunk. Matt McCoy, who is like such a great blue eyed character actor. Yeah. I like, I'm always psyched to see him in things. He has one of the best uh, smirks in cinematic history, I think. <laughs> when he smirks, I melt a little. <laughs> Same. I, and I love that they're just like, you know, doing the police report. And the hillbillies say, well, if there's one thing we can agree on, it's that it got Walter. And I was just like, Ranger Nick cannot say that. He's never seen that Walter was up here with you guys. <laughs> well, it was definitely something else that got Walter not one of us. Perfect cover. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, I think Ranger Nick should be very suspicious in this moment. Suspects number one, two, and three. It's such a fucking baller move to, like, you go hunting with a group of your friends, <laughs> and one of them, the one you all make fun of, <laughs> the one you all insult and hate goes missing, and then you call the park ranger and be like, it had to have been a Bigfoot. <laughs> There's no Somebody way. fucking Dick Cheney's the shit out of him. <laughs> Which they re- they really stick to the story because like when they're being interviewed by the local talk show later on. Oh, the Derek show? Yeah, the Derek they, show? They, <laughs> What's intriguing is is that the three of you cannot agree on what it was that attacked you. Even though you all saw it and had contact with it. Lee, you say it was a bear. Delbert, you say it was not a bear. And Al, you say whatever it was, it got Walter. 
They look like fucking Sammy Hagar's 90s band. <laughs> like, if they had been like, like, you say it was a bear, you say it definitely wasn't a bear, and you say you can't drive 55. <laughs> <laughs> I love how much media airtime is given to Bigfoot. In Tell the this, studio we're it, going live. Tell the studio we're going live. Tell the studio we're no going live. other news Nothing. happening in <laughs> California in 1994 that needs live coverage. <laughs> Everyone is hanging on the every moment of what's happening with Nationally. Bigfoot. It's a very 90s thing. I, again, it's why I think this movie isn't necessarily like a boy meets beast movie so much as like it's a movie about boy meets the great beast meets society like it is and the boy (laughs) is bigfoot he is innocent and simple and there's this whole giant societal mechanism that is seemingly indifferent to him until the final act of the movie when like we see the entire country pay attention to the story of bigfoot (laughs) we see everyone I don't know if you guys noticed this. The newscaster has a Chiron of a picture of Bigfoot that says Bigfoot update, which means that this is not the first time that this has been in the news. (laughs) Ongoing story, our ongoing Bigfoot coverage. Bigfoot is such a big part of whatever parallel universe this is that there's just, there's anthropology studies set up about him. There's Bigfoot updates. I like to believe that Bigfoot update was a recurring segment before they found this, Bigfoot. Yeah, before yeah. they even found him, they're like, "We're just waiting for evidence of Bigfoot." Oh yeah, yeah. We're just reminding you that one day this Chiron is going to be very important. <laughs> Maybe not today. Maybe not tomorrow. But someday. Conceivably, in our reality, if you or anyone were to run into a Bigfoot and we were to get not just those like grainy footage and pictures, if we were to get like the most authentic footage (laughs) of Bigfoot ever, if we were to get crisp beta tape footage, (laughs) it wouldn't be like, hey, Bigfoot update, by the way, totally real, definitely. Anyway, back to the uh, episode of Just Shoot Me, now (laughs) still in progress. Next up, silk stockings. <laughs> even Cody, even our our boy protagonist, when he is rescued by Bigfoot, I don't know if we want to get there yet, but like when he's rescued by Bigfoot, he's like, huh, so you're a Bigfoot, huh? <laughs> cool. So you're Bigfoot. Pretty ugly to be so famous, but you did save my life. You kicked the bear's butt. That was pretty cool. No one takes any convincing. It is immediately just taken as given. Except science. Yeah, needs except all the professor convincing. science. <laughs> except we are constantly told that like, hey, all of us here, we know there's a Bigfoot. It's science that they need a body. <laughs> <laughs> I like how science is like the mafia in this regard. It's just like, (laughs) science just needs a body. Right. We're going to give it to him. Yeah, before we meet Cody, we meet two hugely important characters. We meet park ranger Nick, who is like a park detective, I guess. He's not really a ranger. He's sort of like a hard-boiled park detective. (laughs) Noir ranger Nick. Yeah, him and his partner, Jess, who is too old for this park shit. (laughs) (laughs) 
park rangers are the ultimate badasses in this movie. Even the the drunkest, gun craziest people are like, "Hey, man, we don't we don't fire guns on park property. <laughs> you, don't, you don't fuck with park rangers, Jack. It's park law." At that point, they're willing to run them off the road while being broadcast on national television. Yes, they are fine with recklessly endangering a law officer's life but yeah. when it comes to shooting a gun on federal property, they're like, nah, nah, man, that's a misdemeanor. You're crazy. <laughs> that comes with at least a $1,000 fine. Nick is the biggest skeptic, I'd say. He kind of plays the Scully role for half of a scene where he's like, I don't, you really think Bigfoot's real? And he hops on the train that Bigfoot is real very quickly. What, what I love is, I, I feel like, he really wanted to be a PI, but his like overzealous love of government <laughs> was what kept him away. They were like this fucking nerd because he the whole time he's just like you know if he was like registered under the endangered species list, then we could legally. And he's just like every time he says like we could protect him like under law, like it looks like he's about to fucking ink. <laughs> right. He loves paperwork more than life itself. Right. Yeah. So non-committal about whether or not killing a Bigfoot is right. <laughs> there is so much talk about the efficacy of killing Bigfoot in this movie. Listen, there's it's- nothing in the rule book that says you can't kill a Bigfoot. <laughs> in fact, having because science just needs a body, killing a Bigfoot might be... It, there's like a strain of logic in this movie where killing the Bigfoot, they're like saying, would be the best thing for big feet. Because <laughs> it would get them on the endangered species. If we kill the one big <laughs> one must die for the rest to live. So the footage and photos attracts the attention of eccentric and billionaire. Billionaire Chaz Frederick, played by David Rash, fucking sledgehammer himself. He is a billionaire who is obsessed with Bigfoot. His motivations were really fascinating. Do you have his flunky making the announcement that they'll pay a million dollars for the head of Bigfoot, basically, that the reporters are like, well, what's he going to do? Stuff Bigfoot and put him on a pedestal of some kind? And his flunky goes, yes. (laughs) Killed me. Totally. Like When that question was posited and then the answer was simply yes. What's amazing is like, Usually when Clint Howard is in a movie, they cast him as the nut job. And so to cast him as the straight man was <laughs> fucking genius. They give Clint Howard such insane like things to say. Like, this is in fact not a hoax, which apparently is all that anybody needs to, to be con- for, for, for convincing. He gets to say the word Bigfoot escrow account. Oh my God. <laughs> yes. One million dollars has just been deposited into this bank, and it will remain here in a Bigfoot escrow account until the creature is placed in the possession of Mr. Chaz Frederick. I lost my goddamn mind when I heard those words in a film. Every time he was in a scene and anybody opened up their mouth, it was like playing Mad Libs with a child, and every word is Bigfoot. Yeah. Clint Howard is operating under the orders of this billionaire who, like, at what point in the movie he says he's always, like, even when he was a kid, he always dreamed of owning a Bigfoot. But his dream is not to, like, have a Bigfoot as a pet. It's to, like, kill and stuff a Bigfoot 
did a Bigfoot like run off with this guy's wife? Like, <laughs> it, it pretty, like his parents were killed by a Bigfoot in an alley outside of a theater. I regretted our reality. I mean, there's plenty of reasons to regret our reality, but one of them is that we have no like Bigfoot obsessed billionaires. Like we have power obsessed billionaires and sure like Elon Musk wants to go to space, but like I wish we had billionaires who were just like, I'll get that Loch Ness monster. I'll spend all my money draining the lock. Like... <laughs> such a bummer. This is why movies are better. They present such a lovely world. We've not yet been introduced to our like child protagonist. Wait, we still so haven't. There's still one more scene, Casey. Yeah, because we meet like we meet a bunch of hunters who are going out to kill Bigfoot, and then we meet the crazy wackadoo Northwestern Bigfoot Studies team. Of car- <laughs> so I was like, there's part of me that was like, this million dollars is like, is this Cannonball Run? Like it suddenly becomes like a Bigfoot Cannonball it's a, Run. It's a mad, 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 mad world, but they're looking yeah. for Bigfoot. Yeah, it's under a big B. Right, we've got Nick and. Jess, the handsome PIs, and we've got Clint Howard, the like Weasley billionaire assistant. We've got all these like crazy cracker hunters, and then like these students from Northwestern who just want to study Bigfoot. I was like, this is nuts. This is wacky racers with like Bigfoot at the end. (laughs) And this is when we're introduced to uh, Professor Samantha McClurdy. Professor Samantha of the Bigfoot <laughs> study yeah. at Northwestern. She is she is the specialist. McClurdy? 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 It's unclear. The worst, the worst screenwriting name of all time. <laughs> <laughs> Which is upsetting because this movie has so many good character names. Like, Great like names. reporter Misty Vale. Yes! <laughs> I was like, that's the or, best reporter name. Or the like action on the site reporter, Vern Venders. Yes. <laughs> that's a great name. But we got Professor Samantha McClurdy. Mc- McClurdy. McClurdy is like a fake last name you give to a cop when you're being hassled at a, like, a party. Like, yeah, my name is Samantha McClurdy. <laughs> so among the uh, Northwestern scholars, quote scholars, uh, grad students is uh, my favorite and I think Jamie's favorite. Boris. Oh, yeah. Boris. Boris, (laughs) Boris, the (laughs) German uh, exchange student. Spoiler alert. He is not the bad guy, everyone. This is positive, (laughs) heavily German-accented representation. Russian, I thought. Russian, Or Russian. Russian, Either way, still not the baddie. Does he advocate capturing Bigfoot at one point longer than anyone else? Yes, but he doesn't. Jamie, the Berlin Wall had fell at this point. Our so- the Soviets were our friends. We, we needed their help. Um, we needed their help capturing Bigfoot. So ten minutes into the movie, we finally meet our ostensible main character. Oh. But uh, you say ten minutes in the movie like that's a long time, but in this movie, it really is. You met <laughs> so many goddamn characters. We've met entire casts from other movies before <laughs> right. we meet our main character. Three movies essentially collide at one point. The team from fucking Twister comes from Northwestern to find this Bigfoot. We've got like a mad billionaire trying to like... Stop the Muppets from putting on a show. (laughs) Hey, you guys! I want to go to Shaver, California too! David Rash is essentially trying to like smoke in aces fucking Bigfoot. (laughs) It's just such a crazy movie. Getting introduced to characters, it was like reading the fucking Cimmerillion. Like... (laughs) (laughs) So we meet Cody, 
the most insufferable child. The oldest brother for home improvement, Zachary Ty Bryan, plays Cody, and we meet him, his best friend Ben, who he's taken on a camping trip, with the two worst parents in the history of (laughs) cinema. They were 90s parents. Like, these are some latchkey kids running around. Like, they both have different dreams and a career, and the kids are just kind of there. That's the 90s. So Cody and Ben run into the woods, and this is my favorite maybe part of the movie because this asshole Cody, like, got to bring a a kid. got Got to bring his best friend on this camping trip, and, like, five minutes into them playing... He's like, hey, I have an idea. Let's run in different directions and race to the top of this hill. And I just like looked in Ben's sad eyes and just could see him being like, man, are you, do you even like me? Like, why did you invite me on this vacation? This is a goof, bro. He just immediately ditches his best friend in the forest and doesn't care. Yeah, this kid's just a punching bag. I think Cody, the whole movie, had a pretty big death wish. Like, there could have been a suicide pack scene that we were not, like, aware of that Ben was not totally ready for. Because, yeah, he points at a ridge that is miles away. Let's split up. I'll go this way. You go that way. And we'll meet at the top of that ridge up there, all right? Okay. But what if I run into a, like, you know, a mountain lion or something? You've got a knife, Ben. Use it if you have to. Ben makes it to the ridge. Yes, he He does. does. First. (laughs) And he waits, like, ostensibly all, most of the night for Cody to actually get there. And then returns to Cody's parents. Who have not given a single shit about their missing (laughs) child. No, they don't give a shit. They're just doing their business. They they skipped fucking lunch, dinner. The parents (laughs) are like, I guess they're not hungry. They don't need food. They have the wilderness. It is the dead of night. The dad is roasting weenies over a fire and goes like, ah, they'll come back when they're hungry. It's like, is this a cat? This is your son (laughs) and another person's son. It is not your child. Kill your own kid if you want. That's your right. Every parent's right is to murder their child. Cody gets fucking lost. Does he? Because it doesn't, I do not remember a moment that explains what happened to him. He's just, he doesn't make it to the ridge. And then later, once the family has been told to evacuate because of the Bigfoot problem. (laughs) Bigfoot attacks. Then we cut. We got got a rash of Bigfoot attacks. Then we cut to Cody just simply sitting on a rock in the woods at night like nothing has happened. And then he suddenly sees Bigfoot in the moonlight. And I was just like, what did I miss? Yeah. But the other reason Cody's a piece of shit is because he really cock-blocked the town's bloodlust. Like, everyone wanted to go out and kill a Bigfoot, and suddenly they got to search for this kid. Yeah, Nick is then organizing a manhunt. Everybody's like, oh, we got to do this now? Excuse me. I'm looking for Ranger Nick Clifton. You found him. I'm Nick Clifton. I'm Professor McClarty. I'm the Dean of Anthropology at Northwestern University in Chicago. I have a Bigfoot research program there. All righty. What can I do for you? Well, first you can stop the needless killing of Bigfoot. It's unconscionable, barbaric, and it must be stopped. She just wants to imprison it for life. <laughs> Mercifully. She's not interested. She thinks it's horrible to grant the Bigfoot the sweet release of death. Instead, she wants to imprison it in a glass box. I love the scene with Samantha talking to uh, Ranger Nick because they're talking about, about the bigot hunters. And she says they were so zonked they couldn't tell the difference between a spider monkey and a polar bear. 
there. And I, for one, have been pretty fucking drunk before, but I have never looked at a goddamn dog and was like, look at this flamingo. Like... So uh, the search begins for Cody. Meanwhile, people are hunters are still fucking firing into the woods like Which, they're like they're. Pray you're not in these woods that these hunters are searching in. <laughs> oh my god! Indiscriminately, and they're like, "Oh, it's just a tree stump." Right? They're just blasting trees like they're hunting the predator. Like it's, they're just like <laughs> sending lead into these forests. Oh, I love the idea that one of them just is like, "I'm gonna have me some fun. I'm gonna have me some fun." <laughs> Meanwhile, Cody has like totally given up on society. He's just sort of <laughs> walking not through the woods. He's concerned for his own safety and does not care that people are definitely looking for him. And then he trips with such great effort over a rock. Into the path of a bear. Right into a bear trap. I have never... I was genuinely shocked. <laughs> I did not think that this kid's Bigfoot movie was going to go that gruesome. And, like, we later learned that I get, apparently bear traps are not that big a deal. You just get, like, a rash on your ankle. But at running from a bear steps into a bear trap. Which, you know, the irony of that was an, enough to keep me going in this movie. I was like, his ankle is crushed. Yeah. He, is, he is so... Yeah, he's got to lose the leg. Yeah. He's going to lose that leg. There is no way Cody is not losing this leg if he were to survive this impossible situation. The 90s also made me, amongst other things, like my weird phobias that come from the 90s, I think stepping on a bear trap was one of them, where like media yeah. led me to believe that in any woods at any time, you could step on a bear trap. So so Cody, delirious from hunger, pain, sunstroke, is dehydration. He, is he, though? Because he seems fine. I assume he must be delirious because he sees a big, hairy creature come up over the rocks and he calls to it for help. <laughs> Cody must think this is like a vision from the beyond. Or, again, this is a world where Bigfoot is not that surprising a thing. Yeah, it, yeah. He's he just like, sees, oh, Finally. Oh, finally, Bigfoot will help me. Oh, legend has spoke to me that Bigfoot would come along one day. There he is. But Bigfoot heeds the call and he leaps off the cliff and does not stick the landing whatsoever. In fact, no. he eats it so hard that the bear is a little surprised and like kind of laughs in bear at him. And it's like, whoa, you, you okay, yeah. Bigfoot? <laughs> Got a zero out of from every judge. Every judge. But we do get a Bigfoot versus bear oh. fight. Oh my god, this Which fight ruled. Yes. Because it was actually a person in a Bigfoot costume <laughs> actually wrestling with an actual bear. I'm a, who, who did this? How? Who, who did this? <laughs> who thought this was a good idea? Who financed the insurance for this? Based on the facial expressions of the bear, I think the bear looked like he was having a blast. Like yeah, this, bear, this bear looked like he was like, he was like, yeah, yeah, get to hug. Like, yeah. The bear was a great sport. I like, thought we had just wandered into Grizzly Man. <laughs> yeah. Bigfoot fights a bear, then gets Cody out of the bear trap. Was anyone uh, else extremely upset by Bigfoot's lips? The animatronics and on those lips, was it reminded me of the coming out of their shells tour version of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, yes, where it was just totally. like not quite as good as the movie version. It was the lips, those DSLs that got me uncomfortable horny. <laughs> and like the coming out of their shells turtle era, way too many teeth. Like we're seeing so many teeth. There are at least 72 and teeth in that head. And overexpressive eyebrows. Yeah. He's got like Pete Sampras teeth. <laughs> totally. <laughs> 
so Cody teaches him how to shake hands, first thing. Gives him sunglasses and then immediately wants them back. Oh, he's such that asshole you knew in elementary school who'd like be like, hey, look at my super cool toy, and they'd hand it over to him. You'd hold it for two seconds, and you'd be like, well, when they give it back to me, I didn't say you could keep it. It's mine. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I, love, I, I love how he goes, Ben's never going to believe this, but this movie posits that, yeah, he will. Everyone will believe this. <laughs> it took you three seconds to believe well, it. Well, no, no, Ben's not going to be able to believe that, like, he met Bigfoot. Like, it's like saying, like, oh, I met Tony Danza down at the cafe. Like, yeah, we believe Tony Danza's real, but I'm not going to be able Do to we? believe you met Tony Danza. I like how Tony Danza is the biggest <laughs> star in Jamie's world. It's Tony Danza, everyone else. I think it is a great comparison because do, are, is there any hard evidence that Tony Danza really exists? <laughs> like, Where's the body? When, <laughs> yeah, and who's the boss? Yeah, damn it, I was going to make that joke. <laughs> uh, Bigfoot, uh, who's hurt by the bear attack, Cody like pokes his wound and is like, yeah, Cody's infuriating. Awful. Just, oh, oh, and Bigfoot then has to like bathe in a stream, which becomes important later for some reason. And he tries to shake off the water like a dog and it just looks so wrong. Oh, it, it is so funny to me because you could just see the water pouring out of the latex <laughs> costume. <laughs> I love that, that Cody watches Bigfoot cleaning his wound in like a freshwater river and immediately it's just like, yeah, that seems reasonable. It's like, there's never any bacteria <laughs> in fresh water. He <laughs> has sepsis now, for sure. I don't know. Right. Bigfoot's blood could be magic or something for That's all we know. That's what I thought it was going to be. Like, the way they lingered on it, I thought this was like the magical Bigfoot watering hole, kind of like E.T. <sighs> can cure things. This is the magical springs of his ancestors that can cure right. any wound. I would love that. Oh, it was I not, love that movie! It was not. And it's then just the billionaire finds it and yep. wants to exploit it. Oh, it's a Nah. So what's funny is you guys were uncomfortable by the Bigfoot costume and mask, and actually I loved it. I thought it was great. Like, <laughs> and I actually like weirdly thought it wasn't he looked... uncomfortable. I was turned on. That's <laughs> a different sort of discomfort. But well, so what's funny? So like, so like, I I honestly was like pretty endeared to that as like fairly good creature effects. Uh, and the thing that I noticed that was that I thought was particularly notable was that Bigfoot had a had a big ass. <laughs> yeah. He looked yeah, like he had he'd a... been doing fucking squats. He had a big donkadonk. Doing Sasquatch. <laughs> right. Right. That's right. I love that, that Bigfoot in this movie hates everything. <laughs> I guess that this movie does posit that he is like really old. And then he like is basically acting like an old man where he's just like <laughs> He hates bears. He hates helicopters. Like he hates everybody except He's for just Cody. Grumpy. They're going somewhere, and that's when they're seen from the air by Doctor Samantha McClurrow, uh, <laughs> who has a lot of funding uh, for which to rent a helicopter. Right. Well, yeah, because the because Northwestern got an anonymous donation to their Bigfoot department. <laughs> Uh, uh, From who? We don't know. We'll never we know. don't know. Except later in the film. And she shoots Bigfoot with like three tranks. Bigfoot is like the one genuinely good person we meet in this movie. Because uh, he helps Cody because Cody's like a lost child. But the minute that helicopter like like crests the tree line Bigfoot drops Cody like a bad habit that was the funniest <laughs> moment in the movie for me Bigfoot's like oh, oh. fuck this <laughs> <laughs> like She's throws Cody down yeah. and just I can't go to jail <laughs> I can't go 
broke. Oh, Cody, I can't go broke. <laughs> I've got a shitload of unpaid parking tickets. So they shoot Bigfoot with like a, a bunch of milligrams of cetacycline and a bunch of milligrams of ketamine. <laughs> so they are putting Bigfoot deep into a K-hole. Like he's hallucinating. He's immobilized. He's seeing God. The street <laughs> value of that mixture. <laughs> And then, honestly, maybe, like, one of my favorite moments in movie history, which is Dr. Samantha is kneeling over the Bigfoot. Um, One of her students comes up, kneels over it with her, and he says, you just made scientific history. And then they (laughs) high-five. <laughs> like yeah, it was uh, underwhelming. Again, it was like again it it was one of those votes that was like, how important is Bigfoot in this universe? Like a high five? It's just like, hey, great job, you caught the Bigfoot. <laughs> so Bigfoot's captured. And then science, he's put in a cage for hunters, tourists, and news crews to gawk at. By the rights of finders keepers, he belongs to Samantha now and the chase is off. <laughs> Chases off. The park law of finders keepers. Like, yeah, sorry, sorry everyone. You'll have to find another mythological creature to murder. <laughs> Thus <laughs> begins Unicorn, the unforgettable encounter. <laughs> there, yeah. There was my favorite moment. I don't I don't even know if this will translate to being as funny as it was to me watching it. But Samantha has put the Bigfoot in a cage and there are like all the hunters are gawking and news crews are there and they're taking pictures. At one point, everyone's going, ooh, ah, and they're going, it's Bigfoot. It's really, again, the ADR work. Mwah. Like just perfect. And there's a point where Samantha is like trying to calm people down. And she goes, Quiet! You're scaring the Bigfoot! (laughs) I know, and the fact they're all making, like, a reasonable amount of ruckus, and she's like, guys, everyone's gotta quiet down. Please put away your lights. And then everyone, like, after a minute, does. They stop, and then they get the ADR continuing of her being like, guys, I'm serious, please! Stop making noises! And no one else is making any noises. And she's like, shut up, everyone! The Bigfoot is scared! Everyone's like, we're not saying anything. And she's like, please, sir! Can you please be quiet? <laughs> Meanwhile, Bigfoot is staring at Cody like, you rat bastard, you dumbed me out. <laughs> you fucking dead, Cody. You're fucking dead. You're it's a dead man walking over there. I don't know if the sound designer, if this was their first movie, but they were gung ho on this soundtrack there is i mean we talked about the adr but this movie also has every stock nature sound effect in the library it's got owls it's got coyotes it's got cicadas and they're fucking loud (laughs) nature is loud there was a minute like when when cody was in the woods earlier where the cicada sound effect was the only thing i could hear oh yeah you remember anything about the place? Sort of landmark, cliff, a lake, anything like that? It was weird. I mean, all I can remember is, is that there were a whole bunch of trees and, and there was this really, really odd noise. A noise? What kind of noise? It, it almost sounded like a freeway. Like a freeway? 
I think what Cody heard was a waterfall. He knew that so quickly, too. He was just like, what? There are hundreds, thousands of acres that this man is responsible for. Of course, just like, oh, yeah? What's the noise? I'll definitely be able to tell you exactly where you were. We cut back to billionaire uh, Chaz Frederick, who is planning the the, uh, the design of the fucking Bigfoot exhibit, where he'll have Bigfoot like stuffed and mounted. And we hear from the one in this movie, Bigfoot skeptic, which is just some like Chicago general contractor who's like, "Eh, come on, I ain't never seen a Bigfoot. I'll probably see the Cubbies win a World Series before I see a Bigfoot." <laughs> To that, this billionaire just like insanely starts just listing off Woods facts. (laughs) (laughs) You don't believe in Bigfoot, is that it? Well, I must admit I have a little trouble accepting it. Oh, really? Accepting what? That there are over two million acres of uncharted wilderness in the Northwest? That there are conceivably animals on this planet that are as yet undiscovered by man? What about the bones? What about the bones? He wants to know about the bones. Let me tell you about the bones. Mr. Frederick, you really don't have to. No, I want to. Did you know the scientists believe that they bury their dead just like humans? Let me ask you. Do you have trouble accepting the fact that there are thousands of bears in the wilderness? And yet last year, not one bear was found by the National Park Service that died of natural causes. Not one! Not a single bear was killed by natural causes. <laughs> it was just like a machine gun of Snapple facts about the woods. I also, he sounded like Jesse Ventura talking about 9-11. <laughs> <laughs> Did right. you know there was not a single death of a bear that could be linked to natural causes? Nobody's asking the right questions. <laughs> I invite Bigfoot down here to fight me. <laughs> yeah. That wouldn't be the most insane thing that happens in this movie. If Jesse Seriously. Ventura and Bigfoot had a wrestling match in the middle of this movie, it still wouldn't be the most insane thing in this movie. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so Cody's crying because of the captured Bigfoot, and that's, that's when we get a little something we in uh, the literary community called Chekhov's thing. <laughs> <laughs> this was baffling. Yeah, Cody trips over a thing. Yes. It's, I guess, like a jack <laughs> of guess. some sort. I was so hoping, by the way, as he's crying for the Bigfoot, like I saw his leg slip. <laughs> I was so hoping he had stepped in another bear trap. <laughs> That would have been next fucking level. <laughs> the greatest movie of all time. This would have officially shot to the top of the greatest movies ever for me. And, and it was Cody... his other leg. <laughs> yeah. Cody had just stepped on <laughs> their bear trap. Not again. So wait, is this the point that Cody's parents finally take him to the hospital? Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, yes. Oh, my God, guys. Cody's parents are awful. They are the worst parents ever because, yeah, finally he's being taken to the hospital. And then in the next scene, his dad giving absolutely no shits whatsoever for the emotional and mental damage Cody has gone through. (laughs) Dad is just in there like laying back dreaming about like, ah, well, you know what we could do? Merchandise. (laughs) We'll get Cody on TV shows. Maybe the Derek show will take him. I do love the like parallel scene though where it's like movies, like television appearances, and then we get the parallel scene with Ben and Cody, and Ben is just like, We can sell t-shirts, 
ten bucks, maybe fifteen. And I was just <laughs> yeah. like, oh, this Should is Bigfoot cute. be on the front of the back, Cody. <laughs> yeah, and Cody has grown a fucking heart in the last ten minutes. Like <laughs> that scene made me realize why Cody wanted to go kill himself out in the woods. Like no one cares about Cody. This, this, this is his fucking best friend. He's a horrible <laughs> business manager. <laughs> We did skip at the hospital. The big reveal. Oh, yeah. Nick finds Walter alive. He says he was buried by a bear and left for dead. A grizzly bear. Yeah, that was very confusing to me. Well, how in the world did you get away from him? Stupid thing thought I was dead. Buried me alive. Woke up under a pile of dirt and leaves and I could hardly breathe. Nick then says, oh, it wasn't Bigfoot after all, which feels like a way too late moment in the movie to be like, we shouldn't kill Bigfoot. Like we've got, we, the audience have gotten there already, Nick. (laughs) (laughs) But it seems so confusing to me because that story didn't read to me as a grizzly bear took him. It read read to me as like, oh yeah, Bigfoot did this. No, I know. Bigfoot definitely did this. It's proof. And then Nick is convinced it's not proof. It's Uh, proof that he didn't do it. Do you know the scientists believe that they bury their dead, they bury their dead. Stupid thing thought I was dead. Buried me alive. Buried me alive. Buried me alive. Buried me alive. I'm just in the dirt. And this is conspiracy theory. I still love Walter. He's had the most harrowing near-death experience of all time. He's been mauled to death by probably a Bigfoot. Uh, and the guy says, hey, are you Walter? And he says, huh, what's, what's left, left of, of him? him? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Still got a sense of humor. Love you, Walter. Always love you, Walter. I, that's like somebody who could like get up from like a plane or a car accident or something like that. And they're like, you're going to be okay. And he goes, will I be able to dance? And they go, yeah. And he's just like, well, I never could before, so this is great. Like, <laughs> He had the EMTs in stitches. Sure. No, they had him in stitches. <laughs> nice. Yes. I love my favorite reveal, I think, in this movie is in the following scenes when Frederick and Samantha are having the discussion and he starts like threatening to cut funding to the Bigfoot program (laughs) at Northwestern by revealing that he's ostensibly the person who has started the program, which I was like, oh, because I did surely have a moment earlier where I was like, this movie understands that this is such a wide field of study that there needs to be a college department dedicated to it and then to be revealed that it is basically the machinations of a crazed billionaire <laughs> made my heart a flutter. We, we should say that the night before, Cody and Ben yes, have yes. used the barbender that, that he found earlier to let the Bigfoot loose. Cody and Ben ride their bikes to go rescue Bigfoot, uh, but Cody is immediately deterred by a lock. Uh, if only he knew that locks were very vain and could be seduced. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and then, yeah, the Chekhov's thing comes back. Chekhov's thing. And it turns out that it's a jack that, that... he then uses to bend the bars. Like grape ape. Uh, and then in my favorite, uh, I think my favorite like moment of the movie is the smash cut to the next morning with Samantha staring daggers. Oh my God. It, directly into the camera between the bent bars and she is furious with Cody right. and Ben for freeing Bigfoot. So, so many people have like a I'm gonna have your job speech in this movie. 
and that's Samantha's chance. So like, she like really lets those park rangers have those mall cop park yeah, rangers. Yeah, the securitas. Securitas. Yeah. <laughs> and Nick is so quick to point out, like, well, if you hadn't freed Bigfoot, he would have been protected uh, by the Endangered Species Act after the professor classified him. And now it's entirely Cody's fault. <laughs> yeah. Again, this movie that is the movie's pro big government. The craziest thing is this movie takes time to have like a prison would have been good for Bigfoot conversation. <laughs> if you would have let him been dissected, the government could have protected him. Maybe he would have found peace through Islam. We don't know, Cody. Like prison might have been really good. I also love that this movie, again, as we talked about before, posits that the media is just waiting for Bigfoot, but also that scholars are just waiting for evidence of Bigfoot yeah. and will arrive to a remote location at the drop of a hat. Three. Three, Three and Bigfoot authorities. scientists must verify that this is Bigfoot. Right. They, they must verify tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. Right. But also with the price on Bigfoot's head, it's also shocking to me with the low security around him that Cody was the only one who dared in the middle of the night try to break him out. Like there should have been a gaggle of people. Yeah, jazz oh, no, people no, no. could right. have broken him out. These people are crazy, but they're not law breakers. <laughs> not park law. They won't cross that line. Wow. You do not cross the park rangers in this universe. That is a death <laughs> sentence. You are writing your own death <laughs> sentence if you cross the park rangers in this universe. I love the scene where he doubles the bounty because in that moment when he goes, I've gone from one million to two million. And in that moment, we watch like three or four people like hightail it out just of there. Bolt. Yeah, like they enough. were like, they couldn't be bothered if it was one million. But the moment yeah. it's two million, they're like, fuck, that's Hell. real money. We got to right. go. You know what's Say cool? Yes. Two million. Dude, I, you know, one million just wasn't a million enough. <laughs> so the race is on. The hunters are now re-engaged. So our heroes um, <laughs> need to find Bigfoot Our first. heroes, th those with the returned helicopter. Oh. Yeah. Unfortunately, they've the Enterprise has the helicopter back. <laughs> they brought it back to a fucking budget helicopters. They it can't was, get it. It was a afternoon. one night rental. Thankfully, Nick, our handsome park ranger, knows that if Cody was hearing a freeway, it must be near the waterfall, and maybe that's where the Bigfoot lair is. You know, the waterfall uh, that Cody bathed in. No, no, no. Right. That was a stream because they get to the waterfall, and he's like, "Did it sound like this, Cody? Did it sound like this?" He's like, "Oh, it wasn't this." loud I'm like okay well, let's go downstream but jokes on them because bigfoot's right there bigfoot's <laughs> right walk there right past bigfoot and bigfoot's right. like oh Big well bigfoot's standing on like a ledge <laughs> and I, was like, I was like oh no he's gonna jump so most of the team decide with like the equipment the bigfoot transportation equipment to go the long way around but Samantha and Nick want to climb up this like sheer rock face. You mean the slight incline that Nick is very perilously? <laughs> Josh, I wanted to uh, give myself into the magic of the movie. This is a sheer <laughs> rock face. <laughs> Nick, the rocks come falling at him like across the thing, but it's so clear that the camera is just at a Dutch angle. One of the rocks flies at his face and he just grabs it and throws it to the side. <laughs> <laughs> this little pebble just whoop. But right before she gets to the top, 
Samantha slips <gasps> and is is maybe going to fall. And big ups to Crystal Chappelle. She plays terrified pretty good in that moment. And who should come to save the day but our boy Bigfoot. I was going to say, another damn Bigfoot savior <laughs> movie. <laughs> if I get a billion, billion dollars, my, my first two acts is one, build a time machine. And two... <laughs> Go back to 1993 and pay Mary and Pepin to make it so that when Bigfoot pulls Amantha up, he then just drops her. <laughs> he just goes, I lied. Big, Big, Bigfoot is kind and gentle and he would never think about doing that. Unlike Samantha, who the second she's on safe land, shoots him down like a stone oh, cold bitch. Cold. <laughs> so Thank you fucking cold blooded. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Bigfoot. To be honest, she's his fucking dealer. <laughs> she's got to get him toasty, baby. Samantha, give me that special K. That would have been great if she pulls out the rifle and Bigfoot, who has no idea what guns are, just knows it as like the thing that made him feel better than he's ever yeah. felt. Yeah, and he's just, just like, and he just, yeah. he just grabs the, he grabs the muzzle and just yeah. brings it closer. <laughs> then everyone else arrives. Samantha is like shot. Bigfoot up with the twice. with tranks twice. twice, and she's sitting over him. <laughs> There's a glorious and- moment where Bigfoot turns back after the first trank hits him. Like why? <laughs> and then she shoots him again. He's high as a kite, and Samantha <laughs> chooses this moment after fucking blasting him twice to like. Actually, you know what? Now I've had a change of heart. Uh, maybe it's not right to have Bigfoot. And this is like where Ranger Nick gets to hammer home his like governmental this is his love. Fucking they're like, where, where are we gonna hide him? He's like, I know a preserve that's three hours away where you can't even have a gun, and it's protected by the government right. <laughs> by. Handsome park rangers like me, they will shoot first and ask questions <laughs> later. You did not fuck with national park land. <laughs> this is a funny political movie. It's that transition period in the mid '90s where, like, you know, five, ten years earlier, the Ghostbusters era, Hollywood was <laughs> still a big conservative place. It's like a left wing sort of big government person was the villain. This movie does so much work to make like parks department people seem like grizzly badasses <laughs> like not necessarily I'm glad you said grizzly. So as- <laughs> <laughs> and then cut to a truck stop where they're then loading bigfoot into like the back of a van and ace reporter Vern vendor just blows up their spot i don't know how he found them but he is immediately like oh well this is where bigfoot is we're going live in two minutes called station and then all other news is stopped for this bigfoot reveal but cody won't tell them where they're going which i'm shocked i honestly thought cody was gonna like blow up their spot in that moment like where are you taking bigfoot oh this preserve down the street god Damn it, Cody! <laughs> it was a perfect opportunity for him, the little brat. But no, right. instead, he says, Hi there, young man. Do you know where they're taking Bigfoot? Uh-huh. Really? Where? Well, um, first they're taking him to SeaWorld. And, um, if he likes that, they're taking him to... Magic Mountain. Which is completely illogical because if they're where they are near Fresno, it makes way more sense to hit Magic Mountain first before going down to SeaWorld. Like, <laughs> yeah, what the let's, fuck? Let's be logical here. SeaWorld's all the way down in San Diego. You've got to pass through Magic Mountain to even get 
to say like Diego. what you just doing laps on the five all day long what kind of fun <laughs> day is that laps on the five the unforgettable encounter <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, because a supporter Vern Venders is there, the whole town is being shown that while they don't know exactly where they're heading with the Bigfoot, uh, they know that they're getting on Highway 17. They definitely interrupted uh, like coverage of the Waco siege in order to show this chase, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> no, this is more important. Bigfoot's more important. We're Bigfoot's real. Some like producer in the news department is just like, we need more special interest stories. We, people don't want any of this negative crap. They want to hear about good shit like Bigfoot. <laughs> Yeah, and so Chaz Frederick and his toady Clint Howard are eating at a diner with all of the town's hunters. All the the, the hunters are just like, well, I guess they got him. All right, well, that's you know, two million dollars so would have been nice. Fair and square, or whatever. Oh, Fair and square. Skipper's law. But Chaz Frederick like pulls Clint Howard up by the lapels and in like very dramatic lighting is like, I want you to find any mercenary you can. I will give them a million dollars each to go after this Bigfoot because his financial manager has allocated million dollar increments (laughs) (laughs) towards this Bigfoot project. In the Bigfoot escrow fund. So then the news crew gives chase and we get the majority of this car chase through a crappy TV like the rest of the world. <laughs> we are relegated to watching this on a CRT. It's ahead of its time, too, because the Bronco chase doesn't happen for another year or two. <laughs> <laughs> so, but but what I thought was also great about that, and again, I mean, it's through, quote unquote, through the, we are seeing it all through the news camera, but we lose that motivation very quickly. There are a lot of punch-ins mm-hmm. that are shown with like the fake video sort of timestamp oh, outline. That was so just it, like very clearly the film stock but with the <laughs> video camera overlay with the blinking right, like, record button. <laughs> like Vern Venders had just like hidden cameras like along this highway and inside <laughs> his ready. own van. <laughs> right. But what that allowed was this became a movie uh, again not a boy meets beast movie. This became a movie about our culture's relationship to Bigfoot because a lot, like showing this car chase through the news got us into just like people's homes. Mother and daughter are just walking through like a Best Buy and watching on the like the TVs this Bigfoot chase. It brings us into the town. All the hunters are now glued to the TV watching this Bigfoot chase and cheering for Bigfoot. Suddenly all material interest in Bigfoot as like a commodity as uh, something people wanted to kill, something people wanted to buy and sell is gone. And we are just glued to the TV, hoping that the Bigfoot survives, like actually seeing it endangered. <laughs> the population of America and us, we're watching the screen. We're watching people watch screens. We're there. We're in their minds. And we, we care about this Bigfoot. All our now. hopes it's and not... dreams are pinned on this Bigfoot. <laughs> <laughs> on this Bigfoot. So this movie has a couple Howards in it. It's got Clint Howard as the billionaire's toady, and then it has Ron Howard's father, Rance Howard, playing a character who we don't get a name until that scene. <laughs> His name is Brendale. 
he's been an ancillary character. He's barely been involved in the movie. He's got two tracking dogs and has got, not gotten to use them too much. <laughs> right. So Nick in his park ranger car has been sort of sideswiped by the hunter's car and the hunter's car are pulling up behind the Bigfoot truck, the truck that's transporting Bigfoot. And then fucking Brendale shows up with his truck and starts like razzing the hunter truck and, and a hunter in the diner watching the news goes, well, I'll be damned. That's Brendale. <laughs> As if it's like... Uh, the character we've all been Wait, waiting for. Brendale. Goodness, Brendale. Listen, that is local news coverage. That's all it is. He's the celebrity. They, they care more that Brendale was on the TV than Bigfoot is alive and in a car chase. Yeah. Oh, Brendale's a part of this car chase? Where? Throw in a tape. Put it on. <laughs> he'll want to see this later. He'll he'll kill us if we don't tape this. Uh, uh. That would be so great that somebody has like five minutes of news footage that starts in the middle of the car chase just when right. Brendale shows up. It's like, hey, look, it's Brendale. And then it like cuts out of the recording to like a recorded episode of Wings right before the Bigfoot steps out because they don't really give a shit about yeah, that. <laughs> oh, they made it. And then it goes right into Tony Shalhoub. Right. right. And then the, so, the, the hijacking is over so quick. It's just, oh, we're done. And then they're just at the sanctuary. The park rangers open up the gates, like, let them in. They have to cross. Sanctuary, sanctuary. <laughs> when, when I saw that fence before it was opened, I was like, they're going to plow through like, in, at, like yeah. in great PM fashion. They're going to fuck <laughs> up that fence. And then they opened it. And I was like, wow, they really like pumped the brakes on this one. And then later when the bad guy guys came and I was just like I knew that fence was fucked like yeah. that fence didn't stand a damn chance if you're in a PM movie and you're a pane of glass you, someone is going through it so they get into this national park they close the fence behind them and they let Bigfoot out who walks out of the truck like I've definitely been Bigfoot in that moment before when I got too drunk and friends were like helping me out in an Uber or something. Like Bigfoot gets out like, oh, I can walk. I can walk. I can walk. Let me, let me just rest. I need like, a, give me a sec. Give me a sec. And the, now the billionaire is driving like a, like a maniac, crashes through the fence and says, there's the Bigfoot. If he's dead, he's worth nothing to them. Kill the Bigfoot. And the hunter's like, whoa, 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 man. That's the Parks Department. (laughs) We're not going to do that. We're not going to do that. And he's like, then I'll do it myself. And he takes their rifle and he goes to shoot the Bigfoot. And this is where Cody, fuck it, he wins me back. I guess. Like that move. (laughs) Cody, like he's in a John Woo movie. (laughs) The billionaire shoots. And I thought Cody was going to take a bullet for Bigfoot. I did too. But even, <laughs> that's what he thought. <laughs> even better, there's a metal door on the side of this Bigfoot transportation vehicle <laughs> that he like throws the door in the way of the bullet. It was awesome. I'm glad you said that because I guess I missed that. Like I saw I totally the jump. Missed that. Yeah, I saw the jump and then the shot and the shot hits the side of the truck and I was just like, oh, he just missed. <laughs> no, Co- yeah. I was, uh, that was what I thought happened is like, Cody just goes like, I got you, Bigfoot. And the guy just whiffs and he's like, ah, I guess I should have taken target practice. <laughs> like, and then, yeah, the, Nick. Nick. Nick arrests Chaz uh, for firing a rifle on government property. And this guy is not going to be in jail for more than 24 hours. Guy is he's like, a billionaire. He'll no, be he's, out that afternoon. <laughs> he's got a minimal fine at most at coming his way. <laughs> so what's funny is that 
This movie posits that the biggest count that this guy can be arrested for is shooting a gun on federal land. Not reckless endangerment of a police officer's life earlier in the car. Not shooting a gun at a child. Attempted murder of a minor and a Bigfoot. No, no, no. It's just shooting a gun. And also, when he does that, he would have accessorized his entire four-person party as well. (laughs) We're talking about a lot of legal trouble between them. Yeah, and they definitely can't just come back on another day and hunt Bigfoot down again. Nope. Definitely. Won't happen. No, no one can come back and see the Bigfoot, except, of course, for Samantha and her class, if she fucks Nick. (laughs) (laughs) So, Nick, do you think I can come in here with my students from time to time and observe him? Yeah, I think that could be arranged. Of course, I need your phone number. Of course, these two characters who have had very little screen time and no chemistry just have to get together by the end of the film. I especially liked in that moment how Boris goes to Samantha, well, Professor, I guess you won't be in the history books after all. Despite the fact that she did objectively discover Bigfoot, get all of the evidence on multiple news reports and on camera, and she is being allowed to come back and study Bigfoot in person, but because she didn't get those three Bigfoot experts out here to verify his existence, she's just a nobody in in history. A blip. Right. (laughs) Yep. Things get scientifically verified in this movie the same way that, like, Guinness verifies world records. Like, we need to be there, and we need to be present. And then Cody shakes Bigfoot's hand, and Bigfoot walks into the forest. In what had to have been the wrong direction. Like, they set up, again, that was, like, the funny, the last moment, the most meaningful moment in the movie. They've set up this beautiful shot with, like, this scenic landscape in the back, mountains, trees, beautiful Pacific Northwest at, like, sunset. And camera left is Cody. He says, goodbye, Bigfoot, I I love you, or whatever he says. And then Bigfoot walks off. What would, the only thing that would make sense is that he walks into camera right, like, like, into the background, like, towards this beautifully composed shot. But this guy in this crazy, I'm sure, steaming hot, stinky, stinky, stinky latex uh, Bigfoot costume just starts stumbling to the left, like totally confuses the final frame. Right? Right, right? <laughs> no, oh, Leo, right, if you could. Ah, damn it, what a print it, we gotta go. And he looks back because he heard the director call after him and that's the second beat because Bigfoot looks back at Cody. You think it's gonna be like kind of a more emotional beat, but it's not. He just kind of like looks back and then leaves. Yeah, it, it, it's like two friends leaving for college, but they weren't really close. Like, <laughs> it's well, like we'll probably never see each other again. Hey, that's yeah. fine. Hope you like Dartmouth. It's like Cody and Bigfoot's parents were friends, not really them. <laughs> yeah, everyone's like, you guys were really close. You're like, mm, nah. we saw each other for Passover, but. <laughs> <laughs> and so, as you can see, Mr. Chaz Frederick is being taken into custody. And Bigfoot has been released into this wildlife sanctuary, whereas the sign on the front gate says, there is no hunting, no firearms, and no trespassing. This is Vern Bender reporting live from Shaver Lake, California. Back to you.
Old legend comes out of the Pacific Northwest. It tells a story of the rip-off report card. Bling, 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 bling. The Bigfoot, an unforgettable encounter rip-off report card is brought to you by Shaver Lake Savings Bank. With all new security team, absolutely huge savings on interest rates, and our new Bigfoot escrow accounts. Director Corey Michael Eubanks is an L.A. stuntman with, according to IMDb, 138 stunt credits to his name. His career began when he was discovered at his gym while training for the Golden Gloves boxing tournament, and he ended up playing a fighter in The Sting 2 in 1983. (laughs) You know, The Sting 2. The one that everyone talks about. (laughs) The good one. Since then, he's had parts in the Robert Zadar Undead Police Slasher Maniac Cop, the Don Swayze slash Michael Ironside joint payback tagline, I-O-U, death. (laughs) And other PM actioners, T-Force and Force to Kill, which he also wrote. Over the years, he's become a force in the stunt driving scene, named as one of the top stunt drivers in Hollywood, performing in mega hits like Transformers, Ocean's Eleven, and Hulk. He even has a character in the Fast and the Furious franchise. Whoa. Wow. Bigfoot's tendency towards action for a kid's movie begins to make a little bit more sense (laughs) in this context. (laughs) And while Bigfoot is only one of two features Corey directed, he's also dabbled in television direction, notably for USA's primetime Silk Stockings. (laughs) And somehow this fairly jacked gent also played... Paul Rubin's stunt double in Pee-wee's Big Adventure. What? Which just goes to show that really we can be anything that we want to be. Jeez. Incredible. <laughs> uh, Bigfoot is not only up to its eyeballs in lore, but also seasoned character actors. The, quote, less successful brother to Ron, Clint Howard, is both a familiar face and a personal favorite. With roles in no less than 250 productions, Clint has committed more insanity per square inch than nearly any other actor, living or dead. Uh, Starting in the early 60s, he played a recurring character on The Andy Griffith Show, who always wore a cowboy outfit and ate a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. If that doesn't set you up for an inevitable career as a character actor, I'm really not sure what qualifies. <laughs> to list his credits would take an hour, but suffice to say, he's in goddamn everything. From his brother's directorial debut with Grand Theft Auto to Rock and Roll High School, Tango and Cash, and The Rocketeer. Of course, his genre output is his most bizarre. He tends to play deranged ice cream men, squirrely mob goons, and crazed cult <laughs> members. And honestly, who wouldn't? David Rash, who plays millionaire, sorry, billionaire mogul, Chaz Frederick, should be recognizable as he similarly has a bevy of credits to his name. Seemingly, he got jobs because the man looks damn good in a suit. A casual perusal through his IMDb page shows that he most often plays either a CIA agent or the president or a detective. While gloriously chewing the scenery in Bigfoot, he often remains more restrained in other productions, but he's not without his glorious genre credits as well. He plays in Stallone's crazed cult action or Cobra, Tom Skerritt's take on Death Wish fighting back, and the dark kid slash dog buddy movie, Bingo. I've seen Bingo! (laughs) But he forever will be immortalized for me in Burn After Reading as the agent playing against J.K. Simmons in the final (gasps) ending. 
Yes! yes. Okay, great. Oh, get rid of the body. Yeah. Burn, Burn the, the bodies. bodies. I guess it's true. He really does look good in the suit. <laughs> <laughs> That was the legend. Of the ripoff report card. What have we learned here after Bigfoot? It's hard to say. I would like to see the companion piece that's just all from Ben's perspective of the terrible vacation his so-called friend invited him on. <laughs> Where he just gets ditched at every turn and apparently Bigfoot's there. <laughs> he wa- ostensibly he watches most of his vacation on TV. <laughs> like, oh, cool, they're in a chase now. There's a man named Rick Dyer. He is been quoted by <laughs> Texas Monthly. <laughs> <laughs> a monthly magazine as the world's most infamous Bigfoot hunter. This man has literally scammed hundreds of thousands of dollars out of both the public and Bigfoot interest groups by claiming that he has evidence of there being a Bigfoot. I would suggest everybody look up Rick Dyer. His story is nuts. So I have always imagined, should filmmaking, podcasting, all of my various other professional activities not work out, I'm going to get into the world of Bigfoot hoaxing. (laughs) But now I know from this movie, if I were to get into the Bigfoot hunting game, and ever run into a Bigfoot, I better have some K on me, because that motherfucker's going to be jonesing. (laughs) Similarly to to Jamie, I would love to see another take of this movie, which is the Revenant-like movie of Walter's story. (laughs) where Where he's on a camping trip with his friends, and he suddenly wakes up buried alive and has to make his way back to civilization fending off a giant bear attack. <laughs> Josh? Oh, you don't cross the fucking park department. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That is the lesson to take uh, away the from The highest this. law in the land is apparently the parks department, especially in California. Uh, so being someone who lives in California, I will take that under advisement. I mean, honestly, if they wanted to kill you, they would claim... Total ignorance. Uh, I don't know. We can't find them. We're tracks. What are you talking about? All we know is it got Walter. (laughs) Whatever it was. Whatever it was. Uh, That's a good final thought. (laughs) We we don't know, but but one thing we do know, it got Walter. (laughs) It got Walter. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Video High, where we talked about Bigfoot, the unforgettable encounter. Thank you so much to Mr. Philip Marlowe, our teacher, Seth Applebaum of Ghost Funk Orchestra, and Gabriella Tessitore of Scout Harris for the theme music. Thanks to Justin Ferraro of The Rizzos for bed music and sound mixing. Thanks to Ann Shearer, who did our logo. And thanks to the entire Video High crew, Greg Hansen, Casey Regan, Josh Roth, and me, Jamie Kennedy. Tune in next week when we talk about Future Kill with special guest Drew Kaufman of Two Minutes to Late Night. Just a reminder to all our classmates, you can watch Bigfoot The Unforgettable Encounter and any other movie we talk about here at Video High on YouTube. Just make sure Mrs. Parson doesn't catch you watching it in class. She will confiscate your phone. The fact that they picked Shaver Lake because they had the hairiest goddamn Bigfoot creature costume was killing me. Up, 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 in, in your, your ears. ears.
Podcast Network.